And the reason I thought this was important is because regrets, whether you acknowledge them or not, is something that is part of our life. So we have to learn how to view them and better curate our environment so that we're choosing regrets that we can live with. That's the fundamental question. What regrets can you live with? So remember, you always, 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 always going to have regrets. It's just about which ones you choose to live with. Welcome back to the What's Up and What's Next podcast, the greatest podcast of all times. I hope that you're doing okay. I hope that you're having an amazing week and I hope that you have an even more amazing week coming up real soon. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your energy and I appreciate you giving me your schedule or in this case, a little small part of your schedule to listen to this podcast. It means the world to me and it honestly helps the podcast immensely. Hit the follow button, hit the subscribe, leave us a review. Same thing here, means the world to me and it really does help the podcast grow so, so much. Thank you. Today's episode, I want to talk about something that I find really interesting. It's a concept that I've also evolved in my mind as to how I view it over time. So at different stages of my life, I used to view this one concept in a different light. And today I want to talk about those three angles, three levels, if you wish. But before we jump right onto that, I actually just wanted to keep the tradition going for the podcast, which has been start the episode with a quick update of what's on my mind, a quick reflection of what's been going on and then hop onto the episode. So before we jump right in, let me give you guys an update. So at the time of recording this episode, it is day 19 of the 75 heart challenge. If you've been listening to the podcast or are subscribed to the newsletter, you'd have known that I've started the 75 heart challenge. And for those of you who didn't know or haven't heard of it, 75 Heart Challenge is basically a challenge where for 75 days I have to commit to a clean diet, drinking one gallon of water, doing two workouts a day, 45 minutes minimum. One of them has to be outside and I have to read 10 pages of a self-help book and I have to take a progress picture. I have to do all of this every single day and the rule is if I skip a day, I have to start over. Now, You'd be happy to know that I haven't skipped a day. There was one day where I was very close to almost having to restart because I had forgotten to drink a gallon of water. I had drank like half a gallon of water that day. So I was basically like trying to drink as much as I could before going to bed, which is obviously not the greatest idea and not ideal. And... I thought to myself, I probably won't be able to finish drinking a gallon of water and I'll have to restart the counter again from the next day. And funnily enough, I managed to drink the gallon of water before going to bed. Or in this case, drink half a gallon because I had already drank another half earlier in that day. And so I managed to not restart the counter for the challenge which is pretty good because 
I would have been a bit annoyed if I had to restart, especially because of water intake. Do you know what I mean? But the interesting thing here is like, I would have restarted it had I not managed to drink the intake of water that I committed to for that day. And the reason why is because at the end of the day, if I make a commitment with myself and I pledge to it, then it's a non-negotiable. So if I had to restart the challenge and the counter because I failed to drink the water intake for that day, then so be it. That's what showing up for yourself looks like. When you're true to yourself and you commit to something, it's a non-negotiable. So as frustrating and as annoying and as silly it would have been for me to restart the whole challenge because had I missed the water intake, because of that, had to restart the challenge, I would have done that. But lucky for me, I managed to drink the water intake that I needed and avoided the restarting. And I think there's something interesting about that actually, which is the fear of restarting the counter has actually been a rather bigger motivation to keep doing the challenge and to keep doing the things that I committed to do the challenge for. Because just the thought of having to restart <laughs> is enough of a motivator to make sure I do all the things that I committed to in the challenge. So anyways, just thought I'd give you guys an update. By the time this episode comes out, it will be day 21. And hopefully, not hopefully, definitely, I will be on top and on track as I have been for the past 19 days. Uh, 21 days at the time you're listening. And that's not actually the reflection I wanted to share with you guys, but I thought I'd give you an update on that. So yeah, 75 Heart Challenge, it's going well, it's going good. I'm feeling good, which is something that I think is really important. I'm feeling good. And I recommend, honestly, if you're listening to this and you feel like you need something to kickstart your health journey or to enhance and scale your health journey, I think this is a great boost. So, yeah. Now, reflection. I have been thinking about the idea of or this concept of monk mode. You might have heard of this before. It's a pretty popular term in the self-help world, monk mode. And recently I heard another term, which I'd never heard before, which is called a training arc. The terminology is not important, but the concept here is actually what matters more. And the concept is the same, it's just terminology that seems to be a bit different. Some people call it monk mode, some people call it training arc, other people call it ghost everyone and just go all in on yourself, whatever. The point being is monk mode is basically in summary known for being this period of time where you remove yourself from all distractions and narrow down your focus on yourself, on your goals, and you do this for a period of time, three months, six months, nine months, 12 months, whatever. And 
during this period of time, you are avoiding and cutting off all distractions and you're just going in on your goals, on yourself. You're basically trying to level up. And some might find this a very extreme way of approaching life. Others might find it an appealing way to approach life. And also, I think it's important to say, monk mode isn't a permanent thing. A training arc isn't a permanent thing, right? It's just like you commit for the next three months, the next six months, I am going to cut off all distractions and just go in and focus, laser focus on this one thing or on this set of things. And so it's not permanent, it's temporary. But some people find it appealing, some don't. I actually do find it appealing. I like the idea of zoning in, of locking in, of laser focus. I love the idea. I don't know, there's just something about it that I really, really appreciate and enjoy. I like this idea of just removing myself from all distractions and just focusing on myself and and my goals. And something that I was thinking about recently was to really take monk mode or training arcs to the next level, what would you have to do? Because the principle is you cut off all distractions and you focus on the things that matter to you, yourself, your goals, whatever those are. And I thought, Imagine you taking that a level deeper and designing and curating your environment so that at all times you optimizing your focus. And what I mean by this is, say for example, you want to go monk mode on your business or you want to do a training arc and focus on your business for, th- for the next three months. Let's just say that. Most people would effectively just stop socializing and going out and would just focus on doing business work every day, all day for the next three months. And then they obviously would do maybe other stuff like going to the gym, stuff that are for them. But that would be the basic level of, of this. And I was thinking, what if you design your environment so that you're constantly optimizing your focus for that thing, in this case, business? So, for example, you'd replace listening to music with listening to audiobooks about business. You'd replace reading books about whatever topics you'd read by reading books about marketing and business. Do you see where I'm going with it? It's just like almost like curating the environment and optimizing it for that one thing. Uh, and of course, that's, that's kind of just taking it up a level to maximize your, your focus. Now, I am a big advocate of balance, but I'm a bigger advocate of harmony and, and harmony is to me doing things that feel aligned to you. So anyways, my point being, I'm not trying to sell you this idea of monk mode or training arc, by the way. I I mean, I, I gain nothing from selling it to you, but I was just dwelling with, not dwelling, I was playing with this idea of 
how do you actually optimize and maximize focus when you're going into these periods of time where you want to lock in? And the thing that came to my mind was like curating and 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 enhancing your environment at all levels towards the one thing that you're trying to to focus on. Anyways, again, I'm not trying to sell you onto monk mode or training arc. I just thought it was interesting and I just thought I'd share. Now, today's episode, the three levels of regret. This is a really, really interesting episode that I've been meaning to make for quite a while. I don't think I've spoken about this before, at least not on the podcast. So, well, I hope not, because otherwise I'd be repeating myself. But no, I don't think I have. This is the issue when you make content across so many platforms. You kind of tend to forget which platform you made the content for. Like, did I speak about this on a podcast, on a newsletter, on TikTok? God knows. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain I haven't spoken about it in on the podcast. I've, I've made an episode on this podcast about the five biggest regrets in life, but I haven't actually spoken about the three levels of regret. And so I want to take some time today to speak about them because interestingly enough, these three levels also equate towards the angles and perspectives I had at different stages of my life, which is kind of interesting when you think about it. Because for me, I always had a certain view when it came to regrets, but that view evolved as time went on. And I wanted to share that with you. So when I call it the three levels of regret, that's me calling it the three levels of regret. This isn't an actual term or concept or framework. As far as I know, it isn't. I just kind of combined the three different views I've had on regrets and called it the three levels of regrets. Anyways, I'm waffling now, but stick with me on this one. So the way that I see it is there's multiple views, okay? There's multiple views on regrets across the world. But I believe there's three common ones. And I know this because, again, at different stages, I had one of these views. And I'd like to present them to you as different levels and different ways of viewing regret. So let's talk about level one. Level one is no regrets. So at this level, people truly believe that there's a way of living life until the end with no regrets. This means that there must be a perfect decision at any given time, at any given moment. If the decisions are perfect and flawless, then there won't be any regrets, right? Because why would there? This is perhaps the naive level, and I was definitely there a few years ago. The level where I truly and fully believed it was possible to live life with no regrets at all by the end of it. No regrets implies perfection at all times throughout life. And I'm pretty certain that all of us can agree that perfection doesn't exist. Which leads us on to level two, the two types of regrets. At this level, people acknowledge that regrets are inevitable during our lifetime, 
but we get to either focus on the things we did or the things we didn't do. This means we start focusing on avoiding the what if moments. In recent years, this has been my view because this is the level where I understand that I can either regret doing something or regret not doing it. And obviously, I would rather regret the things I did than the things I didn't do because I don't want to live a life full of what if this, what if that. Which leads us nicely on to level three. Regret is a choice. At this level, people understand that you are bound to have both types of regrets. As opposed to thinking that you will only have one type of regret in life. Furthermore, people see regret as a choice to be made. And I think this is the key part of the level. Level three is regret is a choice. Now, in very recent times, I have started to compartmentalize in my mind that regrets are not only inevitable, but they are a choice. Yes, a choice. You heard me right, it's a choice. Because you are making choices at every given point in time. For example, if you're choosing to go to the gym on a Friday night, you're missing out on going clubbing. The opposite is also true, by the way. If you're choosing to go clubbing on a Friday night, you're missing out on going to the gym. You must choose your regret. How? That's probably the question you're asking. Well, but how? Right? That, that would be the next logical question. How? The question that you have to ask yourself is, what regrets can you live with? So let's stay consistent with the example that I just gave, which was about going to the gym or going to the club, going to the club, or going to the gym. So me personally, I can live with going to the gym on a Friday night and not going to the club on a Friday night. You might argue that in this case, it's not really a regret, but I would argue that it might be. You see, we tend to think of regrets in the context of our deathbed, but we can also think of regrets in the context of in the moment. Let me give you another example that might explain this a bit better. All my friends went out on a Friday night and had lots of fun, and I missed out on a great night and time with my friends. My in-the-moment regret for this example would be, maybe I should have gone. It seems like everyone was there that I care about, and it seems like I missed out on a great night and time with friends. I missed out on a fun night. That's my in-the-moment regret. My deathbed regret for this example would be that, well, it's not even on my mind. It's not something I care enough to be regretful of on my deathbed. So notice how one situation can generate this perception on regret. So I could perhaps have an in-the-moment regret of, oh, maybe I should have gone. But if we're talking about deathbed regrets, no, this is not, me not going to a Friday night event with friends is not going to be a deathbed regret for me. 
but it might be an in-the-moment regret. So throughout life, you will always constantly be faced with choices, and the consequences of those choices will always involve a varying degree of regret. And that's okay, because that's life. You must choose your regrets. And the reason I thought this was important is because regrets, whether you acknowledge them or not, is something that is part of our life. So we have to learn how to view them and better curate our environment so that we're choosing regrets that we can live with. That's the fundamental question. What regrets can you live with? So remember, you always, 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 always going to have regrets. It's just about which ones you choose to live with. Thank you so much for tuning in. Share this episode with someone that you feel would benefit massively from it. Hit the follow button, hit the subscribe, leave us a review. It means the world to us and it helps the podcast so, so much. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, please make sure to listen to the next podcast to find out what's up and what's next.